1: This is Computer
2: Talk with TAB, hosted by Eric Semmel of TAB Computer Systems. Interact with Eric and his guest by phone at 522-WTIC or 1-800-966-WTIC. Email them in the studio at gethelpattabinc.com or get help anytime at computertalkwithtab.com. Now, here's Eric.
3: And good morning. This is Computer Talk with TAB. I'm Eric. And I'm Bob. And Bob is Bob Shorey. He's one of the MCSEs here at TAB. He comes in and helps me out with your computer problems, comments, questions, and concerns. Feel free to get online 800-966. WTIC 522 WTIC usually the first hour is easier than the second and we are we are of course broadcasting live over at WTIC's Facebook page a little Facebook live for you and it looks like Bob and I wore the same shirt
0: well a little different Mine's darker gray than yours. <laughs>
3: I think my wife uses more bleach <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we're going to be here until 11 o'clock feel free to get online and uh, we'll do our best to help you out So, you guys have been, you know, we've had our our power issues here in Connecticut. As we know, our legislature has done a nice job of regulating Eversource to the point where we can't afford our power, and they they really can't put it back together when it falls apart. So we'll thank our legislature for that. In California, Tesla owners were asked to charge their cars less in California, a message requesting a a reduction in supercharging and home charging use between 4 p.m. and 9 p.m. each day is popping up on Tesla touchscreens due to heat waves so who, who would have thunk it you'd have some heat waves in California in California as you guys know had the rolling blackouts happening because there wasn't enough power in California because they like Connecticut chose to use a lot of quote-unquote green energy um, out there in California which of course there's not enough green energy to power the amount of folks who need to power stuff and what happens when that happens yeah, rolling blackouts, of course. So it will be coming to Connecticut soon because we follow exactly what California does, and so we'll be expecting, you know, rolling blackouts by the time we get to our thirty percent of green energy that the legislature is pushing uh, here in Connecticut. So it's just waiting for us down the line. But if you're running a Tesla out there, you make sure you have. To, you're going to get a pop up that says, "Make sure you don't charge your car uh, unless you have these windows to do it, because you're, you know, you're causing issues for the grid." And, um, makes sense because, you know, Teslas use plenty of power, uh, to charge the, uh, the batteries that are built into the, to the vehicle. And, uh, so keep that, keep that in mind. It could be coming here. It will be coming here. I mean, put it this way. We've witnessed our, our electric bills going the way they've been going, thanks to our legislature and our governor. And we, we're going to find the same exact problems as far as outages and rolling blackouts because the same folks that are managing our electric, Grid can't figure out how to tax a rotisserie chicken, so you're probably going to have the same problem with your power here. I warned you first, <laughs> folks. <laughs> it shouldn't be a surprise um but you know I'm sure it will be. Here we get a little note, another little quick, uh, little quick breaking news. California grid operator warned of power shortages as energy transitioned to clean energy. That's another um, article. I, I found it interesting because Gavin Newsom was saying, uh, he's the governor in California, how, how just awful it is and unacceptable it is that rolling blackouts are occurring. And, of course, the grid operator is saying, guys, we're going to have shortages as we transition to clean energy. Duh.
0: <laughs> we got to buy those uh, Tesla power walls to store it.
3: Yeah, well, you need to off, you're going to need a whole big wall there, Bob.
0: Yeah, but you got to charge them first. <laughs> <laughs> That's
3: true, but you put solar panels on your,
0: on your roof there. So what do you got, Bob? What do you got oh, going I on? Oh, i got some good ones this week. Okay. Yeah. This is a CNET article. Sure. UVC1s one, kill viruses. They're also a major safety issue. Experts sure. Yeah. The invisible light can kill viruses and pathogens like the ones that causes COVID nineteen. Right. But experts are raising alarms about potential safety risks. And they're talking specifically, there's a bunch of companies putting out these UV lights wands that kind of uh, Look like a lightsaber?
3: Oh, sure. That's fun.
0: Well, it doesn't have the part that comes out. Does it make a noise? No. (laughs) At least I don't think so. That would be more fun. I didn't review any of them, but they're in this article. Yeah. So anyway, the point is, is that you uh, these um, UVC UVC rays, yeah, that will kill all this bacteria. Right. It alters the DNA and RNA. That's in uh, you, which is the genetic makeup of cells. Right. And stops them from reproducing. Mm -hmm. So these, uh, this light can cause cancer. Right. Okay. But the problem with the wands is you can wand yourself.
3: Yeah, by accident. You want to keep keep away from that. So
0: they're, and they can also ruin your eyes. They can just, not good ruin your eyes yeah you get them in the eyesight so they put little safety guards so that when they're not pointed down right. they turn off or something but yeah. the point is it's just too easy to accidentally expose your you know yourself to these uvc rays so they're warning against them right so there's a lot of them coming out. plus there's a standard that they use mm-hmm. and uh, a lot of them are not uh, abiding by the standard. They're creating their own standards. Oh, great. So, rather than them all being the same, Right. They uh, use a different standard and uh, some of them are really uh, the, the big manufacturers. So, you can get the, the stand-up units that rotate uh, the air in your room mm-hmm. and they some of them are by uh, standards, use standards, and some of them have HEPA filters and mm-hmm. they do a number of other things. Yep. So, uh, this is a good article if you want to talk about putting uh, something in your room to sanitize right. against the COVID-19, which is a big deal.
3: Or to, any virus, by, well, for that Yeah, matter.
0: MERS and SARS and uh, right. actually also bacteria.
3: Right, but didn't they have another thing with a fan that made a lot more sense? Well,
0: yeah, I didn't actually print that one, but I got it up here on my screen. Yeah. So, uh I don't know if I can say this on yeah, the Yeah, you air. shouldn't.
3: Well, it is the manufacturer, I'll say it. The company's called Big Ass Fans. Okay. Uh, that's the name of their company.
0: So anyway, UV light and coronavirus, uh, this company, <laughs> <my> BAF, <laughs> yeah. might have a solution. Right. The ceiling fan uses UV lights to kill up to 999 percent of a room's airborne pathogens in minutes That's beautiful. it's beautiful now being tested against the uh, virus that causes COVID-19 right so there's some pictures of it they're very attractive ceiling fans sure and what they do basically is they put these uh, UVC lights so that they're mounted on the top of the fans right the fans pull the air in the room up right instead of down so then the air goes over the UVC lights, right. which sanitizes them, and then the ceiling kind of redirects it back down, the sanitized air, and then the uh, and any uh, air that with pathogens goes back up. Yeah. So it can do a room of, uh, I forget what the size is. I think about 400 and some square feet in right. about 10 minutes, and and clean about 99.9 percent of pathogens. Nice. So, but they're very expensive, because they're fans without the UV goes for about 1500 oh, and so that, that's not bad y- you're gonna you're gonna pay about an additional 250 to 500 dollars more oh
3: that's a no-brainer so, in, the, in the era of covid that's that's a no-brainer yeah, 200 bucks true. to upgrade your fan to, they're, to they're, be a sanitized yeah room?
0: so it's uh, the standard UV non UV model started about 1250 and ah. uh, the UV lights add about500 dollars which would be about 1750 nice okay yeah and then um, it kills 99.9% of viruses, bacteria, mold, and other harmful airborne agents that pass through the disinfection zone the nice. company promises. So that's pretty interesting. That I sounds
3: think. like a good idea, and it sounds like a no-brainer, especially yeah. if you're going to put a big fan in a restaurant mm-hmm. or in a, in, a, in a hotel or what have you. It's a very easy fix, and if it does do a, that good a job uh, at killing any viruses in the
0: air, why wouldn't you just do it? So if they put their engineers to work, at developing this thing, yeah, okay, yeah. and they started working on it. I guess they got to about ten or fifteen percent or so of the development, <laughs> right. and then the, somebody's light went on and said, "Hey, we already developed this for hospitals in Rwanda." There we go. So, got,
3: yeah, they got some pretty nasty stuff. They were fighting down there, right? <laughs> SARS and MERS down in down in Africa. Right. So,
0: so they found that they've already had it ninety nine point, you know, ninety nine percent already Done. developed. Yeah. So. You know, this so seems like a no brainer.
3: We'll put a link up to uh, this uh, article. <laughs> and uh, I mean, it seems like a very simple they're thing. They're ramping to do.
0: up production. And I oh, think yeah. they're hoping to get, uh, you know, get these out to like schools and sure. office buildings. Why not? You
3: know, office buildings, of hotels, sense. restaurants. I mean, you could yeah, I mean, if you're going to blow away the, uh, all the viruses within the air, you could go back to 100 percent capacity. Right. Because you're taking care of the air.
0: Right. So you're and not, if, if it does it in a room you know, let's say every 500 square feet you put in a fan, Right. you know, you could do some big rooms. Exactly.
3: Very easy. Very quick. So uh, that's really good news. I'll put a link up there for that. Another another quick story. It's actually hit locally here. Uh, Tens of suspects arrested for cashing out Santander uh, ATMs using a software glitch. So if you have a Santander uh, ATM card, you probably had a big warning um, that the... the FBI and local police have made tens of arrests across the tri-state area this week as part of a crackdown against multiple criminal gangs who were exploiting a glitch in the software of Santander ATMs. And the other issue is, of course, you know, you know how safe is it for you to be withdrawing money from a Santander bank? Because you could find there's a lot of folks kind of milling around trying to take advantage. They were using fake debit cards. Um, and, uh, where here's a South Windsor Police Department tweet. We have been made aware of an ATM scam in which suspects are using Santander bank ATMs to fraudulently withdraw cash using fake debit cards. Uh, since we have a branch in town, 1765 Ellington Road, we are asking any citizens using their ATMs to use caution with when withdrawing money. Um, so the Santander says they fixed the glitch, but I mean, that's another example of, uh, you know, Technology and banking and issues as far as doing some testing as to how things work before you let it go. Uh, these these glitches were actually made. Uh, uh, they were selling the the glitches on the on the dark web to people, but eventually somebody spilled the beans and let everybody know how the glitch worked. So then everybody started running out and and hitting these uh, ATM machines. But the glitch has been fixed, guys. So if you're listening to a news talk radio station, well, most most criminals aren't. But if you are, you can't get the money there anymore. <laughs>
0: That well is dried up. That's all gone.
3: So we're going to be here until eleven o'clock, guys. Feel free to get online eight hundred nine six six WTIC five two two WTIC, and we're on live over at Facebook, uh, over at WTIC's Facebook page. If you want to check out our uh, matching our matching shirts, right, Bob? We'll we'll be right back. We're back. This is Computer Talk with Tab. We're here till eleven o'clock. Feel free to get online eight hundred nine six six WTIC five two two WTIC. We have one line open for you, so thank you for joining us on this Saturday morning. Uh, because you have, let's get right to uh, work here and try to help you out. Let's go first to Paul in Litchfield. What's going on, Paul?
2: Good morning. I use Proton Mail. Yeah, and they, have, and they have a free uh, VPN. Sure. So I picked that up too. Nice. Uh, Long story short, every time I fire up Proton VPN, I get this message saying, you have a proxy server running. Right. And the first time I got that message, I'm like, okay, what, what are we doing here? And they, I, I figured out how to find it, and I disabled it, and right. everything was good that day. Yep. Next day, turn on the computer, turn on Proton VPN, you have a proxy server running. Go back right. through the settings, turn off the proxy. Is there any way I can disable it permanently? I mean, well, it seems like Windows keeps turning the stupid thing on. And I don't know why.
3: Oh, it's a Windows proxy you have, huh?
2: Yeah, I'm, yeah, because it's, it's coming out of uh, Windows 10.
3: Interesting. But you um, are—is this in a business or at home? No, it's at home. Okay. Are you running OpenDNS? Yes, I am. Yeah, most likely that's your snag. Uh, that's your proxy, <laughs> believe it. <laughs> Yeah. I know. It's it's a catch 22 there Paul. Uh it's actually it's actually causing some issues here um for you and you have to do is you have to authorize uh, as an acceptable uh site the Proton VPN because it's it's actually seeing it as a way for you to to defeat um what open dns is doing for you because the moment you go on through a vpn right this is how the kids at schools were getting around the schools filtering they were using uh, vpns um, to go ahead and connect to their home computers and surf whatever they wanted to from within the schools uh, because with that vpn connection they could do whatever they want because they would pop out at their home machine and then they would surf uh avoiding the uh, proxies and the filtration that was built in so that's what's happening um uh your two security technologies are battling with each other you have to authorize proton v- vpn in, within your um settings of open dns and i can try to find an article that'll give that to you because you're not alone uh with okay, this yeah. issue and yeah. uh that that's what i'll probably p- try to find a post for you on uh, computer talk because trying to but that's the issue is uh your your dns filtration is not liking it. you're trying to use a vpn
2: Gotcha. <laughs> yeah, it's like, okay, I turn the stupid thing off. It works fine all day long. And I wake up the next morning, turn the computer on, I Says, Guess what? I'm back. Yeah. I mean, and right, you. It's just Groundhog Day.
3: It, it, yeah, they want you there. You, it, it's exactly doing both things are important for you for security. And uh, we just have to ha- show you how to allow Proton to go through your OpenDNS configuration just by allowing it through the settings. Do you have an account with um, OpenDNS?
2: Uh don't believe so. I believe I'm using just a freebie.
3: Well, the freebie is still fine. It, you, you need an account though to do these configurations. Yeah, so if yeah, you've yeah, just yeah. put in the DNS settings, um, yeah. that's probably your snag. All right. So get get a setup get a get an account going, and um, we'll try to find a link for you as far as how to allow that that VPN. Okay, Paul. Thanks a
2: lot. Have a great
3: day, guys. You too, sir. All right, we're gonna be here till eleven o'clock. And uh, feel free to get on the line. We'll have a couple lines open for you, Eight hundred nine six six wtic 522-WTIC. We'll do our best to help you out with computer problems, comments, questions, and concerns uh, until 11. And then Dr. leslie will be in with Healthy Rounds. and we'll give you a second opinion on your health advice. And you can also stick around for Garden Talk. Len and Lisa will be here at noon. So stick around here at WTIC. We'll be right back. Are back this is computer talk with tab we're here until 11 o'clock we got one line open for you eight hundred nine six six WTIC five two two WTIC and so what we're trying to do for the last caller is to try to figure out a way to allow for his VPN tunnel uh, to go through open DNS now like I mentioned it's it's you're defeating your own security by doing it right so when you go and through a VPN the DNS you're going to probably end up using is going to be on the providers the DNS provided by the VPN not your secure DNS provided by OpenDNS. And so OpenDNS is saying, look, I don't want you to go ahead and connect with a VPN. It's not secure. So the idea is it's trying to protect you from breaking through your own security. So we're trying to find a solution for that. That again, it's your router. You should have a way to whitelist um, the IP addresses that are part of that Proton uh, VPN. But be aware now when you're surfing, um, through that VPN you're using that third party's DNS queries and again the security is a question mark right because and again we're hoping proton is not doing anything to capture your searches but when you poke out on the at the uh, proton VPN side of the equation and you're surfing on their system you're going to use their DNS and are they gonna are they gonna record your DNS queries I don't know and that's supposed to right Bob yeah but they could. <laughs> um, so again, understand that your your connection is secure. No one's going to be able to see or know where you're going on the internet while you're connected. But where you popped out knows where you're going.
0: So it's not so much secure as it is anonymous.
3: It's anonymous, sort of, because again, the VPN provider knows who you are.
0: Well, that's true.
3: So no, nothing's anonymous uh, on the on the old. Uh, information super highway here. So just keep that in mind. Um, let's go on to uh Ken in Windsor next. What's going on Ken?
4: Okay, this is sort of another privacy issue. Um, I started using Mailchimp to send out email. And I don't know if you're familiar with that, it's similar to Constant Contact. Yeah. And um I was surprised the data that it can collect on the emails I send out. It can tell me who opened it, when they opened it, how many times they opened it. Yeah. If, I, if I had links in that email, it would tell me if they used any of the links in the email. Yep. So my question is, whenever you send an email to someone, what privileges does that give you as far as continued access to that email or the email, the the client you're sending it to, his email, um, and can that be blocked or otherwise controlled somewhat so people aren't constantly watching your in, inbox and seeing what you're doing?
3: Well, they're not watching the inbox. They're watching the message, what happened to it. So when I send a proposal to a customer here at TAB, I know when they've opened that proposal. And that's handy because, you know, if somebody says, hey, I didn't get your proposal, I can say, well... I saw that you opened it on this date. <laughs> so right, maybe yeah. maybe you forgot you got it. I can't see their inbox. I can only see what they did with what I sent them. And that's the thing about a, a marketing system like MailChimp. It's designed to do email marketing. And so you want to know what percentage of your emails are being opened. Um, we don't do any kind of email marketing here at Tab. I find it distasteful. Um, but uh, you'll know whether or not you had a subject line that got people to open the message. So you'll know what percentage was open, what percentage was read. Um, and that's why the MailChimp technology is out there. But if you just send an email to somebody else uh, like me, uh, using a regular mail provider, um, you could configure it to have a read receipt Right, So you'll know if okay. I've read the message, and that's okay. There's nothing security-wise uh, going on there. Uh, you don't know what I have in my inbox other than you know if I've read your message or not.
0: Well, you don't well, really know if you read it. You opened it. You know if it was open. Right. you might true. have right. opened it and not read it. Exactly. Good point.
4: Well, I I used to use that in the corporate world, and I would like to do that actually from home now where if I send an email in the corporate world, I could retrieve it and cancel it before the other person reads it if I discover there's an error in there or something or the information Um, was bad.
3: Yes and no. So certain systems would allow you to withdraw the message and certain systems wouldn't. So if you're sending a corporate message within your corporation, within your email exchange server, within your own mail server, you had a whole lot more power than when you delivered it to me and it ended up on my mail system, guess what? You could beg all you wanted to get that back. You're not yeah. getting it back.
4: Okay. I, that's what I thought. It was just because we had our own mail server and everybody was working off that same server. We could yeah. do those things.
3: Exactly. And that's where you have the power. So when it's disparate and, and disconnected, you know, you've given it to my post office. It's gone to me. Uh, you can't take it back. I okay. could give it to you. You could request it, and I could give it back to you, and I could pinky swear that I wasn't going to read whatever craziness <laughs> you sent me.
4: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Hey, something I heard on the news today or yesterday that uh, really uh, piqued my interest is I've been getting so much junk email, and I've been clicking on the unsubscribe link at the bottom of the page, and now they're saying don't ever do that because it could be a malicious link.
3: Correct. It could be. And that is a problem, right? So that's why you run Open DNS, so that your 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 web defenses would kick in there on that malicious link and not allow you to get in, uh, compromised.
0: It also confirms to the people that sent it to you that they have a legitimate email address. Oh
4: yeah, and I know what they do then is they don't send you something; they just give it to somebody else or sell it to somebody else, and they start sending to you.
3: Right, but if it's a legitimate company, let's say you went and bought something at such and such furniture store, let's say. And then they start sending you sale after sale after sale email. You can opt, comfortably opt out of that stuff and, and understand that they will remove you uh, from the list. So you can reduce your mail from legitimate companies. It's the ones that are illegitimate that you should be aware, uh, wary of.
4: Well, is it better just to block that email address or to report yeah. it as spam? Yep. And then, okay, because that yep. was one of the recommendations they said is, well, The extreme would be to have a whitelist, and that takes a long time to develop a whitelist. Right. But you can always build a blacklist. There's unlimited opportunity for that. (laughs) Exactly. Okay, very good.
3: All right, good luck, Ken.
4: All right, thanks again,
3: guys. Our pleasure. All right, let's move on to Arthur in Cromwell next. What's going on, Arthur?
1: Hello, how are you doing? Thank you for taking my call.
3: Our pleasure. What's up?
1: Um. Well, I first of all I want to thank you gentlemen for how diligently and vigilantly you come on every weekend. I enjoy your you know the knowledge that you share with us and uh, also enjoy your humor.
3: <laughs> we do our best, thank you sir.
1: <laughs> and I am a technological dinosaur, so that's why I, <laughs> I like the way you you deal with people like me. Um I have a laptop and um I just use it for checking emails or either and I don't surf the web with it, but I'm going to be taking some courses online. Nice. So I need a, um, I need some malware or some type of antivirus. And I was wondering uh, which one is the best mm-hmm. to buy, or is there something out there free I can download?
3: Well, we would start recommending free these days. In the old days, when we started 25 years ago, free was okay um but uh, nowadays the threats are so much more real that you need to pay for professional antivirus. We recommend Webroot. W E B R O O T. Okay. And uh it's 2 bucks a month, you know, about 25 bucks a year. So it's not expensive and it'll do a very good job. We we actually have it on about 8000 systems in our client base. Works really well.
1: So now uh, I just um Google Webroot and go to their website
3: or yeah you can just go to their website and just purchase the the, the home edition of it and uh, you can pay it for it monthly or you can pay for it annually I think and the, that'll be a great way to protect your computer the other thing you should consider is um, configuring open DNS but I'm sure you've heard that numerous times on the program.
1: I heard it, but I don't know how to do it. So I'm going to go with the most simple, the simplest thing. Is that well,
3: WebRoot, that's what I'm going to do, you know? Yeah, well, the funny thing is, so think of WebRoot as the vaccine that we're looking for for COVID. That's what WebRoot is. It's, it's going to find uh, an infected uh, piece of software and try to kill it, right? Whereas OpenDNS... If you if you really believe in masks, open DNS would be the mask or the six feet of separation, right? It's going to block you from f- coming in contact with the problem in the first place. And that's a, a very powerful way to, to keep you from becoming infected. So we have plenty of instructions on how to configure open DNS that anyone can do it. It's it's not that hard. Um, you really can't break anything. <laughs> maybe it could, but but you really should you shouldn't be able to break anything. And uh, I promise you, you'll be much more safe um, oh. when you surf because okay, the so, antivirus have much less to do.
1: Okay, so uh, open DNS. Uh, just go to your uh, computer, talk or tab, and there'll be a link
3: there. Yep, there'll be some links as to how to configure it on your computer. It's nothing to purchase. It's just some settings. You're you're taking the DNS settings from your internet provider and replacing them with OpenDNS, which is a Cisco company, which is going to have much more safe uh, uh, IPs for websites that you can go to. They're going to block you from going to the malicious sites. They're going to force you to be six feet away. They're going to force you to keep from somebody spraying on you, okay. if that makes any sense.
1: All right. Well, thank you very much. I always uh, enjoy you all opening commentary because you would be spot on with what you're saying. And I uh, just, uh, just really enjoy you all.
3: Thank you very much. We, we appreciate you being out there, sir.
1: Uh, thank you, and uh, stay safe.
3: Yep, you too. Bye-bye. All right, bye-bye. We're going to step out for a quick break. Get back to more of your calls. We've got a couple lines open: eight hundred nine six six WTIC, five two two WTIC. Everything we've talked about is posted over at Computer Talk with Tab. Mike G is working feverishly to get it out there for you over at Computertalkwithtab.com. We post it on our Facebook page. If you follow us at Tab Computer Systems, and Mark Zuckerberg deems the news worthy, it might get into your newsfeed. You can follow us right here on WTIC's Facebook page as well. If you place a little comment following us on the facebook live uh mark zuckerberg will see that it has some value and it'll get out there to other folks we'll be right back We are back. This is Computer Talk with Tab. We got three lines open. I think for you guys, feel free to get online eight hundred nine six six WTIC five two two WTIC. Before we go to your calls, I want to bring up a quick article that we've been kind of following for for years, actually. Uh, of course, out in old California, uh, Uber and Lyft um, they are they're being they're really under attack by California legislature because of their model. Um, if you're a gig worker, you've chosen to download your Uber app and you've decided to make some extra money using your own vehicle whenever you want to. You're your own person. You can go ahead and pick up a fare thanks to the app, and you get a chunk of money based on how that calculation works. And then you can go to your your full-time job, or or it could be your own full-time job. It's really up to you. Well, California wanted to make you an employee of Uber or Lyft, which would make the model very expensive. It would make it almost impossible for Uber and Lyft to do what they're doing. And so uh, there was this court order back and forth where – um, California was going to make Uber and Lyft make every employee, every uh, every person who downloaded the app an employee of Uber as of uh, midnight last night, I guess. And uh, there was another court that said, nah, we're not going to do that. Well, we're going to stay it's that order. take
0: effect on thir- this past Thursday. Thursday. Yeah. So, And we, we talked about it last week, but this is an update. This is an update. They got to stay. There, the,
3: the order was stayed. Now, here's the reason it was stayed, I would contend. Um, because Uber and Lyft said, all right, fine. You know what? We're not going to make them employees. We'll make them franchisee owners. So you, if you go to the franchise model, and the more I thought about that, the more I felt that that's what the current did to me as a paper boy, because I had to purchase their papers, right? I had to purchase them and I got the, the Delta of what I collected from my, from my client, the, the, the other end user at the house, I got the Delta, the, the profit. So I think that's kind of how. The Current got around this issue of making me an employee. Um, Even though it was a gig solution, they – I have my little franchise. Here's your route, and you'll buy the papers, and then you'll bring us the money, and, you know, you keep the difference.
0: Well, if they had to pay you as an employee –
3: The Current would have been dead 20 years ago.
0: Yeah. They would have had to pay (laughs) you minimum wage. Right. Plus health health care benefits, plus paid vacations, time off. Right. Okay. And – and all the taxes and all of that.
3: Oh yeah, all the uh, all the FICA taxes and Medicare Social and Social Security. Security. Yeah. So of course the current would be out of business.
0: Well, nobody would buy the paper because the paper instead of costing what was it when you did it?
3: I don't even. know. not It was it was cheap. I don't know. Let's say it's a dollar a dollar for the daily. I don't even know what it was. I don't remember. We had yeah. six, we had six paper routes. We
0: well, were getting up in the morning. It I did it since I was 12 times years more old. Expensive, I can tell you. Oh yeah. Well, when I did papers, it was 55 cents a week. It, you remember it, that? Yeah. I don't remember that. <laughs> I know it was cheap. We got a nickel.
3: Right. Well, right. And the point is you're right. The current couldn't have Sold the paper for what, it, what they could They wouldn't be able to. They'd be out of business. And that's what California wants to do to Uber and Lyft. And Uber and Lyft are saying, oh, "All right, okay, California. Well, we'll just we'll just change our model and say that these guys are franchisers and that'll work. And they can go right around this new crazy law that just is targeting the gig economy out there in California. California is doing anything they can to destroy entrepreneurship, to destroy well, any kind of person's ability to do whatever they want to do.
0: But that whole law was initiated. Because of the union.
3: Yes. They want to make some more union employees. Yes. Um, but it's a, it's a mess, guys. I, I don't Whatever. Thankfully, there was a stay in Uber and Lyft. And again, I don't have any love for Uber or Lyft at all. I don't, I mean, I don't care if I don't have any stock in that in their companies. The point is they developed an app that allowed people to go ahead and make some extra money on their own. They chose to do it. Nobody made him download the app, for crying out loud.
0: Well, my son did that to make some extra money yeah. for a while. Uh, he had a regular job. Right. And then in the evenings when he didn't have anything to do, right. he would do the lift thing. or I don't remember. The alternative was too, to
3: play but, video games.
0: We'll go out and make some money instead. Yeah, exactly.
3: <laughs> so, Plus uh, he
0: got to write off his insurance and his uh, gasoline and all of that. Smart
3: kid because so, he's an entrepreneur. Yeah. All right. Let's get to your call. Let's go to Len in Burlington next. What's going on, Len? Good morning. Morning.
5: So um, I have uh, a larger display connected to my laptop. It's been working fine for years. Nice. And I have the two displays duplicated. So yesterday, I don't know what I did. I bumped into something, and both displays rotated 90 degrees uh, clockwise.
3: Isn't that fun? So
5: I didn't. <laughs> so, I didn't know how to fix it, so I do what I usually do when something goes wrong, and I rebooted the PC. Right. And sure enough, it fixed the laptop, but the uh, auxiliary display is still rotated 90 degrees. So, I went into the settings display, hoping I could click on display number two and rotate it. Yeah. But instead of two rectangles there, there's only one. And it says 1 slash 2, so I, can, I can't I can rotate just the larger one.
0: You've got them set up to display as 1. So what you need to do is you need to go into your uh, display settings and set it to yeah. extended.
3: Set it you bumped out. it pretty good.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so, in other words, yeah, yeah I'm not going to be able to get it up on mine, but because I don't have anything attached to it but
3: you have it ex- you have to configure it as extended rather than you
0: need to change it to extended instead of uh shared shared yeah
3: the other thing too oh. is there is if you did truly bump it there are settings on the monitor itself that allow you to put it in an orientation
0: that's control alt and uh the one of the arrow keys up or down arrow key or left and right arrow okay
5: key. when i did extended um now I can't see the whole display on the laptop, and the other one says keep the keep this display or or not.
0: Well, it's going to give so, you amount of time to keep the yes. to keep the change. Otherwise, it'll put it back. Because sometimes if you make a change, you can't see the screen at all. So, what you're going to need to do is uh, kind of accept that. Click on each screen and set the resolution to where it it should be.
3: Oh. So you can. That should reorientate it so it'll fit within your parameters of your screen.
0: So you, typically, a laptop has a very high resolution today, and your desktop monitor that you've attached to it probably has a little bit lower res- screen resolution. So you need to find yes. the one that's right for each one.
3: Oh, you oh, have that's to that's monkey with it a little that. bit in those display settings.
0: Okay. That's trial I'll and error.
3: All right, you you're following us, though, Len? You have, you have an
5: idea? What did you say about the control uh, alt?
0: Oh yeah, the control. Oh, um uh, control alt and uh, one of the arrow keys, usually up or down or left and right. Will rotate the screen. On a oh, desktop. Okay. So you could try that. But, but I when I tried that, it you.
5: did it to both.
0: Right. So that's that's not going to work for you.
3: Right. So monkey with the display settings, as far as working on each one, you have to first identify which screens are which. Which screen is screen one, which screen is the extended. You can extend it. You can also mirror it. It all depends on how you want to configure your display. Most likely, your extending is what you want to do.
5: Okay, I'll give it a try. Thank you.
3: All right, Len. You're welcome. All right, take it easy. Have on. a good one. So we're going to be here. Right. T- we're going to be here till eleven, uh, helping you out with your computer problems, comments, questions, and concerns. Another real quick thing that I want to bring up as we have a, the outro going on here at the bottom of the top, sorry top of the hour, and a ruling, of course, in California, <laughs> Amazon is liable for defective product injuries. A California court ruled. So basically, uh, this woman, Angela, uh, sued Amazon for negligence after a replacement laptop battery she she purchased from Marketplace. A third-party seller exploded and burned her. So this is going to be interesting if Amazon now becomes liable for all the junk they sell online and all the regular stuff they sell online. I got a feeling our prices are going to be going up on your Amazon purchases if they are held liable. Um, We'll see what happens with that. I'm sure the trial lawyers are happy about this, but we'll see what happens. We're going to step out for a quick break. This is Computer Talk with Tab. Jim and Joe and Sarah, hang on. This is Computer Talk. We'll be right back.
2: T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network, from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours